Welcome back to another edition of Inside Boxing Live. It is your favorite podcast. It is your grandma's favorite podcast. It is your grandfather's favorite podcast, who probably won the Golden Gloves. And it's Chris Audrey. I'm joined by every single week. He's a former 140-pound world champion. He is the trainer of Mikey Algieri, who was the latest of the fighting Algieris, which we'll touch on a little bit. How are you, Chris? What's going on, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, yeah, I don't think my grandfather listens to podcasts, you know, now that you mentioned it, but you know, it's a nice it's good a good thought. We would be we would be my grandfather's favorite podcast. Damn right. Bob Kenobi is grandpa and he listens to the show. Oh, there we go. No. Yeah. No, no, my grandfather's made it uh to live long enough to actually know what a podcast is even right. was. So my my grandfather was a big WFAN Mike in the Man mm. listener. And I think yeah. as towards the end of his life, I was just getting into sports media. And I feel like he would get a kick out of the things that I'm doing now. So shout out Mario Canobio. Shows off to a weird yeah. start. Um, let's talk about Mikey Gar- Mikey Garcia. Mikey Algieri, your nephew, won uh, the Ringmasters, which was once formerly. No, no, no. That wasn't Ringmasters. It was uh, it was the six, six Borough Championship. Let's go, Mikey. Let's mm-hmm. freaking go. Another Algieri. Speaking of grandparents and parents, your parents must just be. How do they feel about this? Because you got through your career. Unscathed. You got your wits. You got your wits. You got your looks. Now they got another Algeria going to go through a 10, 15 year boxing career if everything goes well. Yeah. And nobody's all that happy about it. (laughs) They're blaming you. They're probably blaming you. (laughs) Definitely blaming you. Listen, Mike, Mike's a grown man. He can do whatever he wants. But yeah, my, my poor brother, the, the two people, closest people in his entire life, his brother and his, uh, and his firstborn son have chosen the, the toughest road possible. Yeah, go watch, go back and watch some of those of Chris's fights. And HBO spent more time showing your brother than you in the ring. Your brother was pacing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like yeah, he uh, he lost a lot of nights to sleep. That guy, yeah. and looks like he's only he's gonna lose a lot more now with his uh with his son, who's actually pretty darn good. Yeah, so shout out to uh, Mikey Algieri for a big win over the weekend. I know you were cornering him out in Long Island. That was cool to see. Um, mm-hmm. A lot to get into in this episode, but this episode is brought to you by Sports uh, Sports Kings. Wow, Sports Kings. This episode mm-hmm. is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. You've heard of them. They're the official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs. NFL playoffs are in full swing. The Chiefs are underdogs this weekend on the road against Baltimore. Whoa. I'm looking at that because I feel like the Chiefs can't be stopped right now. And DraftKings is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. So go right now to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code IBL. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. That's only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code IBL. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, you you can call 1-800-GAMBLER or you can visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY. You can text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for a problem gambling. Call 888-879-777 or you can visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. That's in Kansas. 21-plus uh, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources draft kings even better than sports kings you know and that's that's another really good one out there there's a sports king out there but the draft kings is who we mess with is uh so you said the chiefs might be unstoppable at this one is it because of taylor swift that they are unbeatable right now well i talked about this what you're saying yeah i talked about this on on one of our other shows here is that in the nfl if you're familiar with this there's something called like everyone says they have the script there's a script out there where they i've heard this right it's already 
uh, determine what's going to happen. The NFL already has a script. Like WWE. Yeah. Right. Uh, we'll get to that too, WWE, on this show. But in this script, <laughs> they say that it's going to end with Mahomes leading the Chiefs to another Super Bowl win. And on the field after the game, Travis Kelsey is going to propose to Swift and it would be the most viewed thing in the history of life. Things, right. That's the yep. latest script. And for that to Most happen, I, th- I mean, we are we're definitely in a simulation at this point, mm, right? If that happens, far. I mean, I, I think the argument is pretty much put laid to rest. Right. And if you want that to happen, or if you don't want that to happen, you can bet or bet against the Chiefs using the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Love that. Um, let's get into our biggest story of the week. It's a big fight weekend. Uh, it was a little slow last weekend. We just had Mayer and Jonas, which we'll touch on. It's Jaime Mangia and it's John Ryder. Fun fight at 168. Action fight. Two fighters that come forward. Two fighters that are on different trajectories of their careers. I got Jaime Munguia, who is a 27-year-old, 42-0, and 0, um, still work-in-progress type of all-action fighter who was a former champion. And you got John Ryder, who was coming off of a really good performance against Canelo, battle-tested, grizzled vet, has been in there with basically everyone at 168. I think this will be a fun TV fight. I think there's some stakes for Munguia. For Ryder, it's all about, you know, getting another win and, and getting some more money in his career. Fun fight over on zone. Yeah, fun because Mungia is fun. Mungia is always fun. Um, and Ryder is is super tough. He's very capable. Um, I think he's just below the championship level, and he's shown that. You know, he said he fought everybody. Um, I don't think it's going to be as fun as the Dervinchenko fight, though. Oh, it's got to be think- possible. Yeah, that fight was awesome. And I think just stylistically, the way that John fights is like the way Sergey fights. So still a good fight. I think Mungia is never in a bad fight. I don't think he can be in a bad fight. Um, the guy is face first and throws a ton of punches. He's got a good chin. He likes to beat people up, break them down to the body. So Mungia is pretty much much watch TV at this point, um, even though he's, he has not fight fought the guys that we really want to see him in with, but it doesn't matter. He's still fun. Mungia's career needs to be studied. Like, it's the strangest trajectory. If it was on a graph, it would be just peaks and valleys. Like, go back to 2018. He was supposed to fight Golovkin. Remember when Canelo popped, yeah. got suspended? They, Golden Boy or whoever came up with... Tainted meat. Gol- right. They came up with Golovkin versus Jaime Munguia. Late replacement. Nevada Athletic Commission says no. Munguia is too green. He can't... No way so can he fight... Golovkin. So what does Munguia do a week later? He goes and upsets Saddam Ali and he becomes a champion at 154. He defends that title five times uh, against decent but like not great opposition. Moves up to 160, fights even worse opposition. He's going backwards despite being a former champion. Then he hops up to 168. His first fight is with Derevinchenko. Uh, easily his best win for, for Munguia. It's just a very strange career and even that 42-0, and 0, it's like you're, we're constantly being sold that Munguia is, you know, he's going to keep improving. He had Eric Morales as his trainer, but now he has Freddie Roach. And, you know, he's he's still going to get there. He's still going to get to what he is. Maybe at age 27, this is what Munguia is, a, a, a fun offensive fighter with better improving defense. That's just going to be a, a contender, maybe a champion. Yeah, I mean, it's just a tough weight class to be in. You know, the top guys at 168 right now are, are total studs. You know, you've got at the top, obviously, you've got Canelo. Um, but you got David Benavides. You've got David Morrell. you got Caleb Plant. I don't think Mugia beats any of those guys. So how, you know, what's his path to being a world champion at 168? 
he I mean there's four belts, so he has to hope that there's some type of WBO path. I mean he's he's number one at W in the WBO. I mean we talk about these rankings every week, even though I don't like to put a lot, a lot of stock in them. But do you really think he's that like obviously he Benavides would be favored in a fight against him? Canelo would be favored in a fight against him. Um Morel Munguia would be interesting. Um, I just think he is dangerous. Like on a good night, if he puts together everything perfectly, he could win. His defense is getting a lot better. I went and go and looked. I mean, over his last five fights, um, he's only getting hit with twenty seven percent. That was working with Eric Morales. Now he's with Freddie, who is the last thing from a defensive coach. Right. <laughs> he is a very very aggressive coach, and he you know he trains punchers. He love, loves guys with throw combinations. I think it's actually a good matchup. Um, but I don't know if we're going to see an improve in, an improvement in the defense or it's going to keep trending in that way that he's going to be, you know, getting hit less. The thing is, is he, he gets hit with, with like these eye catching shots. And I think yeah. this happens often in boxing. Like a lot of boxers get typecast in their early in their career. It's like, oh my God, his defense sucks. And like fight and fans will never get over that. Even if he starts improving, like even if he, he gets in and, and works with a, a defensive coach, or you can see the numbers. Same thing with Benavides. Everyone's like, oh, Benavides' defense is bad. His footwork's bad. A lot of fighters get typecast, and I think Munguia got typecast a little bit as this all-out brawler. Yeah, he does throw a lot of punches, and he get, he'll get he get his head snapped back. But, you know, opponents, 27% last five fights. Is, it's been some decent uh, opposition over the last five fights. So he's more than just a brawler, in my opinion. But I think I kind of contradict myself. I think at at 42-0 and 0 at, at uh, in age 27, I think this is what he is. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and the thing is, guys usually don't get better defense as they move up in, in competition. And from here on out, it's going to be really tough. John Ryder's a really tough matchup. That's a tough, he's a tough out for anybody. Um, and it's only going to go up from here. I mean, we as Mungia people, I believe, with a win over uh, Ryder this weekend, which is not a foregone conclusion, but with a win here, they're, they're looking for major fights. They think he's ready. They're looking for Canelo. I mean, they're dangling, yeah. they're dangling Canelo. They're not being about it. Delo Hoya is now saying nice things about Canelo. I love to work with him. I love to. Are work you are you hearing the same BS that that I'm hearing about uh, Jamal Charlo and Canelo? And yeah, yeah, I am Ugh. hearing that. Um, is this is this is this is unconfirmed? I'm hoping unconfirmed, but it's it's a short okay. list for Canelo, man. It's a short list for Canelo in May. I, I think Benavides in, is in September. Um, I have that later on in the show, but like I have had heard that for Jamal Charlo, and Jamal Charlo was supposed to fight Mangia. Uh, like 2019. That would make more sense. I I could I I wouldn't mind seeing that. Right, I mean, but that, that was makes... that whole the zone Showtime. They couldn't get over the finish line. Like Mangia has tried. Like they've tried. Like De La Hoya and them have tried to get him a big fight, and he has a great fan base. And you get that Mexican yep. fan base. A Canelo Mangia fight would be a fun fight. I don't know how yes. that works out logistically. Like, will will PBC work with Golden Boy? Um, you know, it's a quick turnaround too. We're talking. It's late. January and we're looking at a May 4th Canelo fight. I mean, with a, and a fight with Ryder is not an easy night. I don't care. I mean, yeah, look what he night. did to Canelo. I mean, Canelo yeah. won every round, but damn, did he have to earn it? Yeah, he had a big, bright red nose at the end of the fight. Like, yeah, no, it's just, uh, it would, it would be really tough to make that turnaround that quick. Let me it's ask you something. Done. No, yeah, definitely. But like, uh, this is, I think it's too much of a risk in such a major, major money fight. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Nice. Uh, if, Perfect. if, if the Jamal Charlo fight, I'm assuming you hate that fight, right? Jamal versus Canelo? Yeah. For me. I hate it at surface level. I can maybe be talked into it being somewhat of a good fight. I hate it. I hate it top to bottom. But so <laughs> that being said, if if 
Jamal Charlo Canelo is crammed down our throats in May, but we are getting Benavidez Canelo in September. Does it does it make does it make the yes. injury less? Yes, but they but what are they going to do? Are they going to announce Benavides beforehand? Are they going to bring Benavides yeah. into the ring? Is Mike Coppinger going to leak a story up or, that PBC feeds them or something like that, where it's like, hey, if Canelo wins, there's a deal in place for Benavides. That makes yeah, I mean, it a lot. Boxing. Yeah, that can easily happen. That makes it a lot easier to swallow. I mean, it's just a shame that Jamal. Charlo had the, the the things that were going on in his life outside the ring because like even what we saw against that Benavides fight um, against Jose Benavides, yeah. like there were flashes of like the old Charlo like when he puts his one he puts his combinations together like yeah but it's just so long out of the ring and, and it would be a very hard sell to the public. Um, that's what I mean. Like Canelo kind of has a short list. Like Anguilla would be a fun one. People know his name. Um, at least it would be a, a guy that's active, Munguia, as long as he's not been really fighting good opponents. But, but if you think Canelo. about it, it looks like Al ultimately signed Canelo to make big paydays for his guys. Yeah. And giving giving up one of that three-fight deal to Munguia just doesn't make sense to me from, from right. where I'm thinking about it, if I'm Al. I'm gonna, yeah, I want to get I want to get my Charlo boys paid. So, you know, if, if they can jam it down our throat, they will. It's a short list. Like once again, I said it over and over. It's it's not many options for Canelo out there, and besides Benavides, and if we're w- wasting time until September, then I would not be shocked by Charlo. Munguia um, would shock me, but that's what they are floating out there. You're gonna hear that a lot mm-hmm. this week in the lead up in this fight. You know, De La Hoya is gonna be saying Canelo. Uh, to the oldest trick in the book when it comes to promoting is mention the, the bigger fight ne- next. Mention the the cash cow of the sport. Um, I'd be shocked to see that. But over on the side of Ryder, we know what kind of he is like. Arguably beat Callum Smith. Uh, had that weird fight with uh, Zach Parker. Um, he had some close wins. Had some nice performances. Canelo fight kind of got him this fight here, despite yeah. being pretty much shut out. I think two of the judges, one of the judges, had a one twenty to whatever eleven to one type of fight. But for the last three fight uh, rounds against Canelo, he was going punch for punch with Canelo, and he I mean, he might have outlanded him towards the end. Uh, and it got him this fight. Like, he is the complete opposite of Munguia. He only throws 39 punches around. That's the ninth lowest in all of boxing, where Munguia wow. throws 64 per round, lands 21 per round. Um, and the thing that kind of gets He's in the punch- top 10 lowest punch output fighters in the world. Yep. Canelo's wow. on that list, too. Well, I could see that. Canelo is a, for one, Canelo's Davis a on power puncher, list. very explosive. Another guy, very explosive, scores knockouts. Ryder's not. Andy Ruiz on that list. Yeah, a rider is on that list. Under 40 punches around versus a guy that throws 65. That was all. gives me a lot of pause on Ryder winning this fight because it's like, A, you know, he's not going to outwork Munguia. Like, Munguia no. is going to throw 65 punches around with his eyes closed, and he'll win rounds there. And Sometimes Ryder... his eyes are closed, actually, if you really watch <laughs> That is part of the charm <laughs> of Jaime Munguia. And uh, Ryder's his defense is not that great either. Canelo landed 55% of his power shots. Um, dropped them, too. Dropped them, and... It's interesting. The odds are really interesting here because Munguia by decision is plus money. Yeah, I was looking plus at the 100. odds and I was Not very surprised. But I was like, yeah, I expected it to be wider, like really wide. Like but... Munguia by on the money line is pretty wide. It's minus 340. Like Ryder is a pretty big underdog at plus 250. Over 10 and a half rounds, which I think this is going decision. Like I, like oh, Munguia yeah. decision is plus money. I feel like that's a good bet. It's plus 100. Because you got to keep in mind, Ryder has only been 
stopped once, and that was in 2015. So we're going like nine years. The guy's durable if he's anything. So Munguia yeah. by decision might be the play here. Also, you got you got to think Munguia. This is only his second fight at 68, correct? His first one yeah. was Sergey, and Sergey's yeah. not a super middleweight. Sergey is a 60 pounder. He fought right. his whole career at 160. I think that was his first at 168. So Ryder is is the first real 168 pounder that Munguia's ever fought. We're correct. That's a very good point. And it's weird because they got Munguia by KO is also plus plus money. So they like it's a plus 230. Hmm. But Ryder's tough. He, I mean, what, what, could there be like an accumulation of punches, like a stoppage towards the end, like a ref jumps in? Is, is Tony Weeks refing this fight? We need to know who's refing these fights. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like this is not going to the, – the, the scales are not going to be tipped in the favor of John Ryder. No. They do not want him to win this fight. And no, of course not. Golden Boy has three or four stars, and they need them to win. It's Munguia, it's Virgil Ortiz, it's Ryan Garcia, and I don't even know the fourth. Um, that's the bigger fight this weekend. That's over on the zone. I think it would be fun. I'm gonna have a live chat going during it. Dan after dark returns. Will Chris Dan Algieri after join? Dark. Will Chris Algieri join? That's the that's the beauty of the mystery. You never know. He might. You never know. He, he that's might. That's why not. it's Dan after dark. Dan after dark. CA looming in the shadows, perhaps. You, you never, never know. Um, This past weekend, let's touch on this fight because it was controversial, uh, and it was a really good fight. Michaela Mayer loses a split decision to Natasha Jonas. I did not catch it live. Um, I did watch it last night, and I tried my best to not let any of the tweets that I read and the outcry from the fans out there that thought that Mayer won, but I thought Mayer won. I th- I had her up six to four in this fight, Chris. I had it. I had Jonas winning up until the seventh round, so I had Meyer sweeping the eighth, ninth, and tenth. She landed more punches. She threw more punches. She also got hit with a lot. She really did not do a good job of blocking punches. I mean, a close fight, fun fight, but I personally had Meyer squeaking it out. Yeah, I uh, I didn't watch a fight live either. I was uh, literally reading about the results when. Mikey was getting his hand wraps before the fight because um, it was an afternoon show. But I watched it and yeah, entertaining fight, good fight. You know, high high level women's fight. I too had Mayer eking it out, but very very close fight. Anyone declaring robbery, I think is you're you're pushing it. It's a good fight, close fight. It's, it's the buzzword of boxing. Yeah, yeah. Not every close fight's a robbery, but um, it's just you know when you got Mayer who's coming across the pond fighting over in Liverpool. I hate that. Yeah, it it, it, it it looks like it, it it's it's like almost like a setup, but ultimately it was it was it's a good fight. But this is also these two minute rounds, dude. It's so it. hard to score these. It's hate for from a scoring perspective, and I don't know what the answer is because I don't know if twelve threes is really a great idea. What about ten threes? You know, 10 like threes or twelve twos. Twelve twos, yeah. I just I I don't like twos at all. I twelve think twos only of, makes it a four makes it an extra four minutes. Yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. And then, so even the now, problem, we're looking, right. that's not we're the looking, problem. No, that's not, that's not the problem. We're, you know, we're looking, first of all, another, another thing was we're looking at a world championship in 20 minutes. It's it's a very short contest. It's so uh, different it's than the men's side. It's just like a frantic so pace. It's like a, it's a, it's a sprint. Like sometimes yep. women's fights, they're not the best. And we've had, they, and I think they'd be better if they had more time because they could settle in more and set things up. Mayor, I think, would do really well with a, th- with a three minute round. Cause uh, once she got she got good endurance. Obviously, she put put it on, you know, put it on in the last couple of rounds. Yeah. Um. And she she throws a lot of punches. I don't know. I I think 
I think the uh, I think especially for certain fights, you know, of, of this magnitude, like if they do a rematch, do that, do that three minutes, man. Do it. Do well, it's, it's, Amanda Serrano is fighting in on uh, March third in or March second, I should say, in Puerto Rico. Another twelve three minute on round. my birthday, March second. Wow, huge! I'll be in Puerto Rico. I'll send you a text from the beach. Um, I'll be in Verona. I'll be in Verona, oh New York. Oh my god! You know, we're we'll, we'll polar opposites. Polar opposites there. Um, Serrano says I'm only fighting 12 three-minute rounds from here on out. Um, she's yeah, made good, it very good clear. Um, right, Mayor and Jonas. We're talking about two Olympians. This is high-level stuff. Yes. High-level could be 12 three-minute rounds. If you're um, a novice, if you're a you know um, a fighter up and coming, like Crystal Rosado is uh, the protege of Amanda Serrano. She's like 18, 19 year old fighting out of Puerto Rico. She's really good. She fights for most valuable prospects. Like, we're not going to put her in a three-minute round. We're going to put her in two-minute rounds. And then we're going to work our way up. Let's be smart about it. I think there should be special circumstances for certain specific fighters and matchups where you, the rounds are, are three minutes. And, and if the fighters sign off on it, which is what Serrano's opponents seem to always do, it also comes with a, a nice paycheck because Serrano's that uh, big now. But the fighters have to agree to it, of course. And yeah. most fighters... Well, I think Mayer was saying it before this fight. Let's fight this in three minutes. And I don't think Jonas was uh, agreeing to it or, or whatever, but... I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like I put this down in my notes, like two minute rounds. When the talent is this even makes the fights almost impossible to score because I and have ev every Meyer. one of the high level women's fights are always the same. It's same. always razor thin, razor, razor thin. thin. First of all, they always go decision, but it's it's razor thin. And we're all sitting there afterwards going, hey, it was a really good fight. <laughs> you know, like, I could have gone either way. Right. You find yourself looking at the totality of the fight rather than the round by round. Yeah. Like at the end of the fight, like I did score, which makes scoring four. impossible. Oh, yeah, it's not how you're supposed to do it. Like at the end of the fight, I was like, or right, I did squirt round by round. I had Meyer, but there were so many rounds where I was like, oh, which, uh, okay, right. it's Meyer. And what I prefer walking down, I guess she was walking her down. Yeah, it becomes almost like more of like a gut feeling. I was like, uh, I felt like Meyer won that one. So I'm going to go with Meyer. Right. Whereas you should score them um, round by round, but which normally for the men's, it's a lot of times is the opposite. I, I'm, I'm in times where I'm watching a fight, like, like the Lomachenko Haney fight. I'm watching that fight. And I remember at the end being like, oof, man, I, f I feel like Lomachenko. Then I look at my cards and I'm like, nope, I got it a draw. Like, well, that's it's... what I felt with this one. I felt that Meyer won because the last three rounds were so, I thought yeah. she clearly won those three. And that's that kind of just took the momentum of the event. Like at the end of the fight, when Jonas got her hand raised, I was like, okay, she didn't she didn't win that fight. Um, mm -hmm. but it was close. Um, another thing I can't stand, obviously two-minute rounds I can't stand. I can't stand this line of thinking in boxing. It's one of the oldest um, notions um, what do we call a myth in boxing? Uh, Joe Gallagher is the trainer of Natasha Jonah Jonas. Excuse me. She said, he said, when you're a challenger in someone else's backyard, you got to rip the title away. And she didn't. It's not a thing. It's what is thing. that? It's not a thing. You just, you just, you basically just said your, 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 your charge robbed her. <laughs> you basically just said, ah, she didn't do enough to win. So we won, you know, like, uh, yeah, no, it's one of the I biggest myths in boxing you have to rip the you, oh, you gotta to beat really the champ win it you gotta beat no. the champ you gotta no, win you more rounds than the other fighter no uh, yes this is the, the scoring is, a, is is what it's for i mean yeah you, you come to the decision subjectively who you think won that round but it's objectively who won you know but at the end it's like when you when you tally up the score it's like all right this person won this is you know it's not there's not a special point you don't start with a with a plus one or plus two rounds because you're champ it's kind of sad though i think some fights do I think that's yeah what here. Yeah, well, but I think some gotta... some some judges have their scorecard written in the car right over. So yeah, you know, I, it's that's just part of boxing too, and that's that's why we punch ourselves in the face all the time. There's a ten. It was a ten ten scorecard on on one of these cards, um, which is <sighs> I mean, a British which, thing I heard. 
I, I'm not super opposed to 10-10s, but for female fights, I feel like they should be illegal. Like, it's a two-minute round. You, they could all be 10-10s then. So that's not there's no 10-10s. Yeah, it's one of the biggest uh, myths in boxing, and I hate hearing it, and I hope that it goes away. Um, some other news and notes this weekend. Did you see our guy over in Saudi Arabia, His Excellency, the Prince, um, mentioned casually at one of their meetings or one of their press conferences, I want to see Matchroom versus Queensberry five on five. And Eddie Hearn laughs. Frank Warren laughs. Keep in mind, these two were bitter rivals. Couldn't even be in the same room with each other for the last 10 years. They start chumming it up and laughing. And money, money, brings, money brings worlds together. Unbelievable, man. They can bring together Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren. And everyone kind of laughs it off. And, oh, that would be cool, right? But in the new world we're living in, where Saudi Arabia has this ton of money, the next day, two days later, it's signed, sealed, delivered. We're getting this event. We're getting Matchroom 5 versus Queensberry 5. Uh, we don't know who the fighters are. It's not going to be like Joshua versus uh, Fury, which I would have number one on that list. It's going to be smaller. Uh, fire, like I wouldn't, wouldn't be shocked to see like an Anthony Yard on there or Calum Smith on there or a couple of um, women's fights on there. But it got me thinking about an American version of this. Like we don't have a, a big money man over here, but we've played this exercise once once before. What would be a five on five top rank versus PBC? Got my mind churning. Chris, and obviously for number one, Javonta Davis representing the PBC, Shakur Stevenson representing Tom Frank for, for now before he hits free agency at the end of the year, which he uh, hinted at. That's my number one, Javonta Davis. Yeah, that's the first one that comes to my mind as well. Another one I have on here, Christopher. Now, now I, uh, in a way, you got to have in a way in there, but there aren't that like a clear guy for him to fight at 122 the PBC. So I'm moving in a way up to 126 where I think he'll eventually be versus Luis Alberto Lopez. Great hmm. weight who is who stopped Lara and who is showing himself as one of the best featherweights. Venado. You like that fight? Uh that's a tough fight. That's a I mean, yeah, it's not a fight I've ever thought about, you know, and now that you mentioned I'm like, hmm. I mean, Venado is a really difficult style. So, yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad about that at all. Yeah. This is the top rank versus PBC. Um, got to get Canelo in this because he's the face of boxing and he's with PBC. Once again, there, he has fights for him right inside the PBC. Like Benavidez versus Canelo is an all PBC fight that could be made. But for the sake of this game, I have Canelo at a catch weight going up against better BF. Oh, catch weight of 171 and a half. Canelo versus 39-year-old Arthur Betterbeef. I, I I don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't really want to see it either, but we're playing a game here. I think Betterbeef chews him up and spits him out. Just oh, one-twos him to death? Yeah, just corner, puts him in a corner, walks through a counterpunch, and then just puts hands on Canelo. Even at 171 and a half? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Chew better be of Dan a little bit. He's 39. Maybe a little harder to get those last couple pounds off. Canelo's got to just bulk up, eat a few more tacos. Oof. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't I don't love that one either. I don't love that one either, but I wanted to get Canelo into this game. Um, Tiafimo Lopez with top rank. I'm going to assume that Subrio Matias is still aligned with PBC. His last couple fights were with PBC. So Subrio Matias versus Tiafimo Lopez. That's a fun one. That's a fun one. I think it's actually one that's going to happen too. I, I I could really see that fight happening. I I could see Tio 
like chomping at the bit to make that one happen if he can't get one of the big guys that have any the Haney's um you know that he wants um yeah I I, I like that fight and it's I, I don't know I just I just feel like that fight can happen you know uh because Teo likes the the toughest challenges he wants to be the man he wants to own the division and he has he has stated that he has made that clear and to do that you're gonna have to go through a guy like Matias yeah Teo Fimo is right now in promoter mode February mm-hmm. 8th fighting uh Jermaine Ortiz he's all over the place um yeah, we had a good we had a good interview with him over pro box on Saturday over the weekend nice and he's yeah, very he, much in promoter mode. He's wearing he, he's wearing he just the hat. Leaked, um, he leaked some sparring footage of him and Roley. From when? 2017, I want 18. Like Roley and him were used to be friends. Like something went south here because I used to see them in Vegas together. Like they were mm-hmm. buddies. And something hmm. went wrong. And uh hashtag uh he said revenge on Roley. <laughs> it was him like dog walking him. Like he was beating him up in sparring. I know sparring is not real fights, but like but Roly has sparring where he is like neck and neck with like everybody, but Tio is whooping him. I gotta watch yeah, Tio. That's the, that's the thing people don't realize. Tio's Tio, man. He is he's on his Twitter right now. Very right. special guy. I gotta check that out. And then at one fifty four, I like Xander Zayas um, versus Tim Zhu. Tim Zhu light years Oof. ahead of Zayas. Yeah. Get that, but still a fun fight. Uh, I don't like that one. I don't like that one. It's it's. I think it's too soon for Zayas. He's he's young. I think um, he, he needs more development. That, that I mean that that will be a good fight eventually. And and it, I would hate to see a kid like Zayas get ruined the way like like a Fernando Vargas did fighting a Trinidad. Um, you know, not it's not quite on that level, but I think Tim Zhu is a little too seasoned at this point for such an early early matchup like that yeah, i'm looking for some heavyweights over on the pvc side because it's kind of getting hard to figure that out now with um you know all these heavyweight fights happening over in saudi arabia like who's still signed with pvc in terms of heavyweights that's not named deontay wilder because i think jared anderson over on the top rank side versus a pvc heavyweight um can't even i'm looking on pvc's roster right now for heavyweights robert hill in this no um damn they got they, kanaki no uh, they got. They don't have a lot of heavyweights. Uh, Frank Martin's not a heavyweight. Charles Martin is a heavyweight. Don't want to see that. Because um, I think you want to get Jared Anderson involved in this game because he's mm-hmm, upcoming mm-hmm. heavyweight. Uh, I don't know any PBC heavyweights off the top of my head. Uh, is Frank Martin still with PBC? I don't know. Frank Sanchez. That's what I meant. Frank Sanchez. Yeah, that I, I like that fight. Jared Anderson. I like that fight. Not terrible. I like that fight a lot. It's hard to fill out five. It's hard to like Golden Boy versus Top Rank might be a little bit better. Golden Boy versus PBC, um, but we're gonna see Queensberry versus Matchroom, and it's amazing how quickly these things come together over in Saudi Arabia. Like well, Joshua I, and Bando fight got made in a heartbeat. I love the fact that the prince is just like, yeah, why not? Why aren't you guys? Why why wouldn't you guys fight each other? <laughs> like, duh. Right, like, it's like you guys... all of us nerds, like when we sit here and we do these podcasts. We're like, oh, well, they can't fight because they're not right. sons of the street. And then the prince is just like, hey, you guys got to fight each other. right? We should, we should we should get you guys to fight each other. And they're like, okay. Yeah, they're like, wait, what? That's the show that every negotiation in boxing since the history, the beginning of time, it was always money holding everything up because the, the over in Saudi Arabia. Money and, and egos, Dan, and egos. Yeah. Well, money, no, the e- the ego. only ego here now is is the prince. But the prince is, he's got all the marbles. He's got the money. He's got the ego. You got to do what he wants. To play in his to play in his his playground, <laughs> that's when, that's where we're at. Boxing needs this. Yeah, going into headlines and speaking of the prince and over there and His Excellency, um, who does follow me on Twitter, I'm going to say that every single time. Um, he obviously is is working with Queensberry. He's working with Matchroom. He's doing these heavyweight fights, and 
slowly we're seeing you know, some non-heavyweight fights uh, pop up on there. Like, you know, Ray Vargas is fighting Nick Ball. It's not headlining, but we're not seeing just heavyweight. So it's clear that he has bigger plans. You know, he mentioned that he would like to see Javante Davis versus Devin Haney in Saudi Arabia next year. Javante Davis got wind of this and said, if they want me, they got to send me something like two Ferraris. There's probably four Ferraris in his driveway right now. Right. And uh, yeah, uh, listen, that fight's not going to happen anytime soon. Even if, they, even if they attach like 60 million to it, 30 fight's million each or like 40 million for Javante, 20 for Haney, you tell me it, it can't happen. I'm not telling you. I'm, telling, I'm not saying it can. I'm just saying it's not going to happen. The fight's not going to happen. What's your reasoning? I just I I go with my gut feeling. I just don't, I just don't think that fight's gonna happen. I but think the size money is a big not issue. an issue. If money's not an issue, how is this? No, not- the the issue is the size. Javante is not. Devin's not gonna be a forty for long. He's not. He's not made long for one forty. He's he's a big kid, and Javante is not big at all. He, he's not even big for thirty five, and he's super small for forty. He literally said at the Mario Barrio fight, "I'm not fighting a forty anymore." Um. So where does that fight happen? Okay. Well, okay, let's say they really want Javante Davis. So just find other opponent, like uh, Shakur Stevenson. Shakur. Javante Shakur, Javante Loma. Um, you know, th- 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 those fights make sense. I just don't think we're going to see Haney and Javante. I think we're, I think we'll see Teo Haney someday. We could, you know, that's a fight that can, that can happen. I would like the Prince to get in on that. You know, and honestly, well, I, I, that's not, that's not my, it's actually Javante Haney's not even my favorite fight of that group. Javante Shakur is or Javante? I like that fight. I like that fight a lot just because it's an interesting clash of styles. Um, it does have the have the the chance to be boring because of how few punches Shakur uh, uh, Javante throws, tank throws, and how defensive you know Shakur can be with a dangerous puncher. Point I like Tio Haney. I think that yeah. fight's awesome. Tio Haney, Tio Javante. The point being is that Saudi Arabia is looking outside of the heavyweight division. They're looking at all of boxing. Finally. I love how they're looking at those guys at the lightweight 140 area because they deserve all the money because they are the top of the the sport right now. They are running the sport. It's just that it's crazy because I got Javante Davis versus Devin Haney or Javante Davis versus Shakur or Tiafimo versus Haney. Those fights, I belong in Las Vegas. They belong in in the U.S. And it's when, if Saudi, if and when Saudi um, gets a marquee name that's below heavyweight like a Javante Davis or a Tiafimo, then I think it's a real game changer. I would not be shocked if that's if that's coming next. But I thought it was funny that Javante's like, "Yeah, you want me?" And then, you know, show me the money, which is obviously what, the only way they're going to do that. Um, speaking of PBC, uh, Dan Rayfield reports that we have a start date for the PBC Amazon phase, Woo! March thirtieth. Um, it is rumored to be. Our guy Javante Davis fighting against we don't know yet, but March thirtieth we're gonna kick off PBC on Amazon, and it's gonna be a lot of fights. I know it's quiet now, but it's gonna be, you know, every every month there's gonna be PBC fighting, whether it's a pay per view or whether it's their uh, PBC on Amazon types of fights. It's gonna be a whirlwind from late March, early April to the end of the year when it comes to PBC. I know they haven't had a lot to roll out yet. Um, but everything I'm hearing is that it's good. it's going to start pretty frantically at the end of of March. So that's good. PBC on Amazon's getting going. That's great. You know, we got a, we got another way to watch boxing. We got another um, another hat in the mix. So let's let's go. I'm happy about that. Did you see? Um, this is not boxing news, but it's streaming news. WWE is will now be streaming on Netflix 
in 2020. Whoa. Five billion dollar deal. W Raw, Monday Night Raw, which has been on USA Network since I was watching it as a kid, Stone Cold era, is gonna mm-hmm. be is now gonna be on Netflix. And it got me thinking about uh the streaming. It got me thinking about how how Netflix was flirting with some boxing, some one-offs. They want Jake Paul, they want one-off fights. They're going full-fledged Netflix into live sports. Like this is a big time deal. Um, they could do the same with other sports out there, can certainly do the same with boxing. You take a look at, you know, like a top rank. I know top rank and ESPN um, are towards the end of their deal. So maybe, you know, top remember rank. What remember what I said. Netflix. I remember what I said when this whole streaming thing came about when they're talking about boxing. I was always bullish on it. It's it's just it's just where everything's going. There's no more t- traditional TV anymore. You know, you're tuning well, in to USA Network to watch Monday Night Raw. <laughs> it's it's not gonna it's not gonna be a thing anymore. It's no, it's over. Not. It's you know? clearly over. And and the only um cable way to watch boxing. Cable provider for boxing is ESPN. And do you still call it? Do you still call it Monday Night Raw? If it's VOD, if it's video on demand, like do you do you still have a name for it? I guess it's it's technically live. It's going to be live on Netflix. But like nobody watches anything live anymore. I know, and it's crazy. But they do watch sports live. That's the one thing that's That's true. You watch live is like NFL on Amazon, Amazon. I I, I sometimes forget that WWE is is sports. Sports entertainment. Sports entertainment, right? Yeah. It just got my my ears perked up when I saw that. Um. Does that make sense? My well, eyes. I look at that. Like, it looks like boxing is trending in the right direction. We're moving in the right place because WWE is massive, huge, huge, obviously five, $5 billion deal and has been around forever. That's a good sign. If boxing is doing something ahead of the game, ahead of WWE, that's not a bad place to, that's not, that's not a bad company to keep. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Amazon and PBC, we'll see what happens with ESPN and top rank. I think they have one more year left on their rights deal. Um, will they re-up? Will Top Rank and ESPN re-up? There was a rumor that Top Rank was going to get sold to this UFC WWE uh, TKO group. I don't think Bob Arum quickly shot that down and said, "No, I'm not ready to sell yet. I'm having too much fun still." Um, mm-hmm. Which he is because he's still trying. He was in freaking Montreal when it was negative degrees. Bob, he's 94. Bob's the man. Like the, the the Bob father doesn't quit. Like that man has endless energy. He is he, being around him. You know, seeing where he's at his age is it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, there's there's been rumors for a while like Top Rank is gonna sell. They're gonna sell. They're gonna sell. You know, Aram's getting older. Um, I, I haven't heard that, but it's interesting to see if they did sell like this TKO group, which is essentially WWE and UFC together, could poach Top Rank and their roster and their history and their library, and potentially put it on a streaming service. Um, that's something to keep an eye on. Lastly. You see this story, Chris? Did Jai Opataya knock down Tyson Fury in sparring? Because that is the rumor right now. So much of a rumor and so much noise that Opataya's promoter came out and put out a statement. No, we did not knock out Tyson Fury. Um, Yes, we only sparred five rounds, but he got sent home. He left because of a lack of orthodox sparring. Opataya is a southpaw. Usyk's a southpaw. This story is interesting. Now, is he saying orthodox sparring, meaning orthodox stance, or yes. just more traditional in his his style? I think style. Yeah, that would make more sense. So, yep, five rounds and you're you're done. Well, it depends. Depends. So it depends on what the work. Listen, having a, a, a sparring session of five rounds for a day, especially for heavyweight, that's not unheard of. Um, or and you also don't know if there were other sparring partners that day. 
and he just did five with Opatai, and maybe he did five with somebody else, and he got 10 rounds. You don't know. So we don't have that many details about it. Speaking from a boxer standpoint in camp, listen, it's Tyson's camp. And yeah, they brought the guy in from far away. But if you don't like the work, if you guys don't mesh well in a certain way, like you got to spend a lot of time. Your sparring partners, you spend a lot of time around them. And for whatever reason, if you don't like their style, if you don't see this being beneficial, if your coach is up, you go home. Bye. You're here for me. This is this is this is my operation. You're here to help me. That is it. You're getting paid by me to be here. And if you're not doing the job, or you're not giving me the look that I need. You're out. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean you're did good. Doesn't mean you did bad. Doesn't nothing. It just eh, this isn't the right look. Thanks. Bye. Here's your money. Go away. So I, the, I I think this news is just much ado about nothing. It's not stopping the boxing Twitter world from of thinking course. that Fury got dropped. Um, it's amazing. Fury has got. I think people are just gone completely against Tyson Fury. They want to believe this story that Opataya, who is one of the best cruiserweight in the world, will be fighting Maris Bradis on the undercard of. Fury versus Usyk on February 17th dropped Fury. It's a great way to build up the fight. It's a great way to get some publicity because I haven't heard really much about Fury Usyk, to be honest. Uh, we're less than a month out, but that was a juicy little story. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's probably not true. Your, the, your reasoning makes uh, makes some sense there, but you would think they would want more than five rounds with a guy who is pretty much the same height as Usyk, not as big, and can mimic those movements in there. Yeah, but again, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, I'm just saying in terms of you know being from a being a boxer, like what could what could it be? You know, um, you don't know. Listen, maybe maybe he did drop. Maybe beat him up. Maybe you know you never know. But um, that's what I, I want to like hear, it. Chris. I want to get that I out think, of you. I think this is just Twitter fodder, trying to like try. It. Like you said, I think people are turning on Tyson, and you know it makes sense. I mean, there's 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 people that truly love Usyk and his story, and and he's Ukrainian and. You know, he's unbeaten and, you know, it's, there's, a, there's a lot of reasons to like Usyk and especially his personality. And he's so different than Tyson and Tyson, I think boxing, I think he let uh, boxing down last year. And we said that many times on air, you know, like the fact that he's not fighting and not defending those titles and he's holding them hostage. He will fight other guys in other sports. Um, and then the performance he puts in, yeah. in the other sports, like, ugh, you know, so there's a lot of people going against Tyson Fury right now. Um, regardless, I don't think we'll ever get the, the, the answer to, whether what if this means anything or not yeah i always said sparring is like the one last thing you fighters have that's secretive and not out in the public and it's like your own little group like boys club yeah you know i mean it's like and and my my major point is that like you're brought in for sparring for tyson and that's your job and and i've said this on 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 air and other other like they're in sparring sessions, I might have just been working on one thing that round. Right. And I remember sparring with guys that were coming up and like, oh, sparring with Chris Hutchins. And like, I did really good. Meanwhile, I was, I'm literally just trying to land a right hand to, to you know, to, to your ribcage. Like, right. I'm working on one punch that round or that or even that session. You know, when, when you're the A guy and you're working on something very, very specific, anyone that gets in your way, bye. Damn I, you, I only got Chris. so much time. Damn you, Chris, with your reasoning and your experience. Yeah, no, we don't a lot. Juicy, juicy rumor that I desperately want to be true. Actually, I don't care. I, I, I am actually. What's better? I always root for what's better for boxing. Fury, winning and then potentially fighting Joshua, is the best thing for boxing. Yeah, I guess. I, Although, I mean, Usyk getting his hand raised would be some epic shit. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's a very cool story. It is, but. Yeah, I think I could. I think you're right, dude. That that Tyson Fury Joshua fight, especially now that Joshua is back on its hair, 
Yeah, especially if he stops in Ghana and then you can say, hey, look what I did. Like, it's all mm-hmm. there right now. Saudi's going to put on, Saudi's going to obviously make that fight if it, if it's next. It's and that'll be the richest big. fight in history. In terms of payment or, yeah, probably. All right, that's a good show, everybody. Hope you enjoy the fights this weekend. I'm probably going to bet Mungia by decision, uh, plus 100. Yeah. Seems to be the play, unless I can, unless for, for maybe I can be convinced that Ryder might get stopped, but I just don't see it. Um, That's the biggest fight this weekend. I will be live right here on the Inside Boxing Live YouTube page right before the main event. So that should be fun. What are you getting into this weekend? Probably just work on house stuff, man. I, I just got a vanity delivered. That's why I was late today. So I got to go install that. Yeah, go to Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know. Uh, what is Chris, it? Come, Chris the Builder over here. Home Chris, I love those pictures. Of Lowe's. Chris. Chris will send us pictures of him, uh, you know, like being Bob the Builder. Ripping out a bathroom. Yeah. You know, putting in a putting in a bathtub. Jack of all. Un- unknown, unknown skill of, of Chris Algiero here. Very, very handy guy. Love that. Everyone have a great weekend. Remember to protect yourselves at all times. Keep your hands up at all times and stay out of those DMs. Good night. Mm-hmm.